Hey everybody, I hope you are doing well. I apologize for us running a little bit late. Had a few uh, technical difficulties that we needed to kind of take care of, but uh, I'm excited about the program uh, bringing forward to you tonight. Uh, This has been an amazing journey that I've been on since I decided to start to do this podcast. I am just uh, amazed it's been 20 episodes. When I first started it, I wasn't sure how far I would get if I get anybody to be able to talk to me. Um, I've had some really amazing guides. We've had some marathoners, some triathletes, senior game participants, pickleball players, rugby players, climbers, ultra athletes, both in running and cycling. We've had coaches. I've had physical therapists, screenwriters, publishers, and authors. So uh, amazing. So one of the things is we kind of move forward tonight. Um, There's ways you can get involved, first of all. Uh, Hopefully subscribe to the podcast. Uh, That way you can hear what all these amazing things that these people are are doing out there. Uh, Give me a rating on iTunes uh, and leave me a comment. That always helps us to get found. Uh, Share with your friends. Uh, Be a guide. I am looking for more people. Like I said, we've gone 20 uh, episodes so far. Uh, I am taking this one week at a time. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't know, but I'm hoping we're going to go for a long, long time. Um, join our patron program. Uh, patron program is something that you, through Podbean, who is my host, um, starts as low as a dollar a month. Uh, we have different levels. Uh, just helps me to kind of defray some of my costs. I'm going to do this no matter what. Um, I've enjoyed every minute of it and I've learned so much from uh, all these people Uh, so I'm going to continue to do it as long as they're willing to talk to me Uh, but anything does help and then also support those in our affiliate program. I've started to have some affiliates come in Uh, hopefully we'll do some more of that so please support them as well. So as I was getting ready to kind of talk about goal setting and performance in life and athletics I was trying to figure out how can I start this off, and my wife actually gave me the best analogy at all. Uh, This painting I have hanging behind me, which is with the epoxy, you can't really see it real well, so this is what it looks like. Um, She did this yesterday, so provided a great analogy uh, for me as far as kind of setting goals, and I know there's some of you out there saying, I'm never going to be a painter, I'm not an artist, I'm not creative. To be honest, my wife doesn't feel she is as well. Um, I beg to differ, um, but I can promise you that none of the canvases that she starts with are like this. Um, She basically repurposes everything. uh, And kind of like with the Weathered Athlete podcast, you know, we all are weathering one day at a time, um, but it's that weathering that kind of gives us that character. So she is great at finding old pieces, taking canvases that have been used before um, that maybe aren't so perfect and then turning them into this masterpiece. So we can all, doesn't matter where we start, and hopefully you'll hear by the end of tonight um, those steps that these two amazing women have taken to get to do the things that they've been doing. So what are we going to be able to do here? Hopefully by the end of tonight, We're going to design a plan for success. We're going to help you determine what is possible. We're going to look at realistic versus unrealistic goals. 
Um, if you have paid attention and listened to any of these episodes, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals. These people are taking it to a different level. Uh, they are incredible as far as the things they are, they are doing. So we're going to look at how can we reverse engineer, basically take that long-term goal and take the steps to get us to do uh, down to short-term goals to really make things successful. And then also learn the habits to increase success. Uh, so what I'm going to do without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in these two wonderful uh, women. The first one, I'm going to bring in Deirdre. She is the author of The Sharp End of Life. She's an educator. She speaks multiple language. Yep, excellent book. I highly recommend it. Read it cover to cover. Um, she is a symphony director, or was a symphony director. I don't think you still do that now, uh, Deirdre. No. Um, marathon runner, and she's the oldest woman at 66 to summit El Capitan, and she is the mother of two extreme athletes, Alex Honnold, which um, most people should know from Free Solo or all the amazing things he is doing, um, but then also Stacia Honnold uh, is doing some pretty incredible things, too. Uh, she has Car Free Rambles as a blog. She doesn't own a car, or at least she didn't own a car the last I checked, so she bikes everywhere. So she's an ultra bike, uh, ultra cyclist, and an ultra runner. So Deirdre, welcome. And then the second person is Beth Warren. Uh, Beth is an engineer. She is a patent holder. She is a 15 times Boston Marathon qualifier. Uh, she's run the event six times. Uh, she's done 28 marathons and 150K, which I was actually there for that 50K, um, which was fantastic. And then she's a three-time full Ironman finisher, 11-time half Ironman finisher, and she's a fellow triad tri-team member, uh, training partner, and a friend. So welcome, Beth. Thank you, Pete. Great to be here. Okay, so here's the way this is going to work here is for anybody that wants to participate um, – this is being live streamed to both Facebook group and to YouTube. So what happened, if you have any questions, please write your comments or questions inside your <clears throat> comment section. And then we can pull them into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we can pull them in and kind of discuss them. So you can be a part of this program. So what we're going to do to start off this is I want to start off with, is there such a thing as an unrealistic goal? And maybe we'll start with you, Deirdre. Unrealistic. I'm not sure what you mean by unrealistic. I don't think there is such a thing. If you choose to do something to to make something your goal, then of course, logically, it becomes realistic for you. It's up to you to decide. You know, I don't think there really is such. A, it, only you can decide that. And once you choose, once you commit to a goal, then it's it's totally realistic for you. Mm -hmm. Beth, do you have anything to add? Um, just to say that um, usually if somebody is thinking about doing something that they feel is an unrealistic goal, it's usually because they've heard somebody say or tell them or say because of this thing you have or that thing you have, it's unrealistic. And I don't buy into that. There's a lot of things that maybe realistically I should have never been able to do and I've done it. Right. 
Yeah, Deidre, you have an interesting um, thing on on dreams. What? So, what's your what's your thoughts on that? I want to hear that quote. Uh, well, I firmly have always believed that if you can dream something, you can do it. All you have to do is backwards engineer it, break it down into the baby steps, the things you need to know to be able to master on your way to that goal. Uh, if you can dream something, you can do it. You just have to break it down into steps. So let, let's let's talk about that. So when you set say that goal, and I'm gonna for you, dear drama, talk about the symphony. So. Did you feel that was something that you actually could accomplish or could do or had the potential to do? When I was five, I started dreaming about this. All my life, I wanted to be able to conduct, okay, because I've been a performing musician all my life, but conducting is a different animal altogether. And I am in no way trained to do that. (laughs) I have nothing on paper that says I can do that. But I watched the musicians all my life. I watched the conductors. I grew up in New York City. Uh, we'd go to Central Park, and I'd watch, you know, Bernstein and, and all the biggies conduct. I studied it. I didn't study it in school, but I sure did study it in life. Yeah. And I knew that I could do it. Like you were saying, Beth, if you think you can do it, you know, don't listen to all the naysayers. There were plenty of naysayers. I'm not qualified to do that. But I moved to, to a place where it, it was possible. You know, they, they had nothing. Uh, we moved to West Sacramento until after we lived in Japan. And West Sacramento, back then, is 35 years ago, they, they had no culture, no nothing. One store, and that's all they had. <laughs> so that was my opportunity. I had the opportunity. I had the interest. I had all the, the study I had done all my life. Um, so, yeah, it was a crazy idea. You know, it, I shouldn't have been able to do that. And yet, you know, people <laughs> line up. There you go. Yeah. What's your goal? How about you, Beth? Um, as far as, as like, is Kona a goal of yours? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say that's one of those like 10 years down the road kind of goal. And sometimes I think that a lot of the, the fun of it is the total journey and how long, you know, and, and even thinking about the fact that, I don't, I mean, yes, if I qualified for Kona this year when I did Arizona, I'm going to go, but I'm not really expecting that to happen for a while because I think, you know, three Ironmans is just enough for you to know what you're doing, what to expect. But I became a much better marathon run. I'm sure, I'm sure you could, you know, verify that the more marathons you run, the better you get at them. My, my best marathon was my second best anyways, was when I was 50 and it was about my 20th or 21st marathon, maybe even more than that. So it takes a while to get there and you just, if you have the patience, you know, and, and, and just keep trying, you will get better and better. And the age doesn't matter as much. Right. Age does not matter. And and like anything in life, the more you do it, the better you're going to get, you know? Yeah, I definitely want to get into those habits because um, I think that's the other thing is I think, one, people are afraid, you know, we're afraid of failure and then we're afraid of other people's opinions. That's the second thing is that, well, who do they think I am to go ahead and do something like this? You know, here I am, have a podcast. I'm sure there are people saying, what is wrong with Pete? Is he, I think he's lost his mind that he's trying to take on this task and, and maybe I am, but you know something, at least I can say at the end of the day, that I made the attempt. I tried it. That's the right. biggest yeah. thing of all. Um, so hopefully that's the advice we can give people is 
stick that outrageous goal out there. Um, and then it, again, we may not do it in a week, you know, but put it out there and then again, develop those habits. And at least if you don't accomplish that, we've accomplished so much more in the process. It's incredible what you can accomplish. Um, so how does any current or future health concerns uh, influence your day-to-day or long-term goals? Deirdre? Well, um, I was about to say not at all, but I mean, I've always enjoyed pretty good health. And, yeah. And however, two years ago, I had massive surgery on my foot. It was basically taken apart and put back together with, with metal and, and stuff and and so that that has taken a toll on what I can do, you know, but that's highly unusual. You know, that's not exactly a health concern. It was an event and yeah. it's finally winding down now, you know, so I'm getting back to, and of course there's a pandemic, so I can't go out to the crag with my friends and, you know, so everything's sort of ground to a halt for now, but that's not really a health concern. I would, I would have to go back to my original assessment and say, Probably not at all. Uh, if you're lucky enough to enjoy good health, you know, of course. Yeah. That's all things being equal, not at all. Okay. How about you, Beth? I think um, the way I look at it is, first of all, I'm not going to worry, you know, because there's there's so many things you can worry about when, when you're in sports and athletics. <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about what happens in my health 10 years down the road because nobody's right. going to know and and how can and you can't you can't let that because you can let that affect you negatively so right. i don't even think about it and the way i look at it is that if i end up with something that affects me in a certain way and i don't know what that's going to be but i can't i can't reach the goal i have i'm i'm going to find a different goal or i'm going to what happens right. to me is probably going to lead me to something else and that something else might even be far better than anything I could have imagined doing. Yeah, that's 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 cool. Um, as far as then, so we have this long-term goal out there. Um, how are you reverse engineering? How do you get back to, let's say, let's say you have a goal in a year. Um, how are you working your way backwards? Do you want me to answer? First? Yeah, why don't you go first, Beth? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, what I do is I usually kind of, if you do the same thing day after day and year after year and say, I just say, I just, you know, I was just a runner for a long time and I did different things in running and different distances and concentrated on different things. But eventually you get to a point where it's like, you're looking for something else. So something totally outrageous in your mind comes along something that scares you something that you're not even sure you can do but you're kind of kind of excited kind of scared and what I do is I, I first go and throw up and then <laughs> I sit down and I say okay I want to, I really do want to do this even though it scares the daylights out of me how do I do this so I just start breaking it into the little tiny pieces like Deirdre says you you, yeah. you make it into little pieces yeah. and then right. each day as you go along and and I have I keep track of a lot of stuff because I am an engineer and I reverse engineer for that's my life yeah that's my work life and it's my sports life so I look at right. every little thing and and it gives me the confidence that I can succeed in what I'm going to do right right Absolutely. Yeah. You got to backwards engineer into baby steps. Yep. You can do anything. 
be by baby steps, anything. I mean, and, and the progress has to be slow. You can't learn to tie your shoes if, if you can't make a loop, you know, you have to make, master making a loop before you can tie your shoes. If you never master making a loop, you won't be able to tie your shoes. I and mean, it's very simple. Baby steps. You can't go right to the final goal, no matter what you want to accomplish. You know? yeah. Something like something like climbing El Cap. <laughs> that required a lot of reverse engineering, you know. I was I was a very moderate climber. I still am. I probably always will be. I'm not great shakes of a climber, and my son is very eager to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> My son is the best climber in the world. Once a year, I get to climb with him. And um, like three years ago, I, I kind of, you know, he was coming through the, the room and I said, oh, gee, I think maybe someday you could get me up El Capitan. And I really didn't expect him to say yes, you know, because he knew how I climbed. But son of a gun, there we were. <laughs> we planned it anyway. And uh, you just have to, you know, you reach for the goal. Like you said, first you go throw up. <laughs> <laughs> And then you, then you start to shake, and then you look up and see El Cap and say, "Holy shit!" And then you backwards engineer it, you know. And it, like you said, the reverse engineering, breaking it down to baby steps, you can do anything. I mean, if I can climb El Cap Town, anybody can do anything, really. Yeah. So I'm gonna just jump on uh, that on uh, El Cap. So. Going up to it, obviously, you went there and you practiced. You practiced not the whole thing, but you practiced parts of that over and over again. Correct? Right. The first step of the backwards engineering was to find out, you know, what gear I would need. I would learn how to use it all because it's a very specialized set of gear, very specialized techniques, and a very specialized mindset to be, to go up a, a wall like that. You know, it's it's not just regular climbing. <laughs> and so I I I. Backwards engineered it. I got all the gear. I asked all my friends you know, what they knew about it and all that, and um, just started out baby steps by myself. On the, there are fixed ropes that hang on El Cap. Uh, they go up to a, fixed ropes that hang off the bolts that the climbers use, and they're always there, and they change them periodically. You know, so they're safe, and uh, they go up to about a thousand feet. The whole wall is three thousand feet, a little bit more than three thousand feet. So they go up about a thousand feet, which is a pretty heady experience the first time you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't start at a thousand feet. First, there are it's a total of six six and a half ropes that go go up that high. And uh, so the first time I tried it, I did one rope, and I was darn glad I got that one done. <laughs> you know, shaking and crying and 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 talking to myself the whole way up and down. Um, <laughs> but like you said, it has to be a habit. Once you make it a habit, then you can learn to look down and, you know, those trees don't look quite so far away. <laughs> and so definitely it's habit. You have to yeah. make habit. You have to get comfortable with it. Like my son's always talking about in the movie, if you've seen the movie, yeah. you ex expand that comfort zone to include what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, you have to get comfortable. It took him years, literally many, many years to be able to climb El Cap without the road took me 18 weeks to be able to climb it with the ropes yeah well <laughs> it had to become habit it had to become habit that you no longer need to think about and you just go do that's what i thought was amazing about the movie uh real quick beth and we'll get to you is just the amount of times that he went over that and that he's he wrote every single hold down in every single just the amount of detail and you know yeah. beth and i you know I we do <laughs> yeah that's incredible um, yeah. so yeah, Beth, you want to jump in there? 
So what I was thinking was the fact that I know a lot of people are afraid of a big goal and it it's not a bad thing to be afraid. And the thing is, you you can continue to be afraid all the way up through because that's what right. keeps you on track as well. I mean, I, for me anyways, I, you know, there's a lot of things I do that I'm not exactly comfortable doing. But also when you do something like that, even if it's just practicing like your first rope you did up, I'll bet you, you felt like on top of the world by the time you were done. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had arrived. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Um, yeah, a couple of people trying to get on. So I just told them to refresh. Um, so. Next thing. So uh, as far as like, you know, for us, as far as Ironman or say marathon, you know, obviously marathon, you started a 5k, you work to a 10k, you work to a half, and then you work to a full. Same thing when it comes to the Ironman, you know, we can work our way up. How, what advice do you have for people that we're going to talk about non-athletic goals as far as like for you for the symphony? What was your step up to get to that point? How, how did you do that? Um. You mean the final goal you're talking about? Yeah, like uh, all of a sudden you just, to get to the symphony, I'm sure there has to be some steps that you take to get there to, to the direct this yeah, whole symphony. So many steps. <laughs> First, I had to learn all the, the vocabulary and not exactly gear, but the things that I would need, things that I would need to know how to do. Yeah. And then I had to go out and find out how to do them and you know, network. <laughs> and uh, then uh, by that, concomitantly uh, kind of with uh, all that, I was trying to organize a group of musicians to do this. You know, you have to have musicians. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, though, I'm a writer. I've been a writer all my life. And I was writing for all the regional newspapers and magazines. And so I could get the press out and get the word out. So I got a lot of reaction. So right from the bat, we had enough musicians, kind of just barely, you know, to squeak out a little orchestra. <laughs> so, so it was step by step. And then we all met and they didn't know what they were doing because they hadn't done it for many years. I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never done it. <laughs> so we all kind of learned together. You know, they helped me, I helped them, and the, the press helped a little bit. And by the time we got to our very first concert, our very first public concert, it was just habit. Like you say, habit. I had done it. We had rehearsed like two years or a year and a half by that okay. point. And and we knew how to carry the instruments around, where to put the big timpani drums and where to put this and that and the other thing. And, and we just all we all um, knew our job in this big endeavor because that's a gr very group endeavor, you know. Yeah. And everybody knew their job. Everybody knew how to do it, um, when to do it, when not to do it, <laughs> which is very <laughs> important. In and um, so by the time we got to like the final goal. It was so, like I said before, or you expand your comfort zone, and it was so comfortable for us by that by that first concert that it was no big deal, you know, kind yeah. of like Alex climbing his wall. By the time you get to that point, by the time you've practiced all that baby step so many times, it's no big deal. You just go do it. You just go do what you already know you can do. You know, I'm sure Beth, you had the same experience with running the marathons. I mean, by the time you get to the the start line, oh, yeah. you know you yeah. can do it. Right? right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I grew up as a runner starting when I was 14 years old, and I never even considered a marathon. And then yeah. when I turned 30, I sort of said to myself, ooh, I better do one of these marathon things before I get too old. 
Which is really amusing now that I think about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't even really know what I was doing my first marathon and, and I ended up in a marathon in Kansas City, Missouri because my brother lived there and I was 30 and um, he was, he was living there and we had, well, let's see. I I was talking with a guy towards the last bunch of miles when my legs just would not stride. I felt like I had zero stride and I'm going, what's going on? I don't understand. We had rain and it turned to snow (laughs) in the middle of the marathon. And this guy, you know, he's like, he kept calling me Miss New York because I lived in New York at the time and we had talked a little bit. And, and uh, I, I said to him, I said, is this like normal the way I feel? He goes, yeah, just take shorter steps. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the thing too is when you get into these things, you can actually get help from other people. Right. You know, even right. during an event like that. Yeah. I mean, this guy was so helpful to me. He ran with me for a while. And then I kind of felt bad because I saw the finish line about half a mile ahead and I left him in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do what you have to do. <laughs> I was hypothermic. I really was. I mean, I didn't. I was running along in that marathon and about and right before I, I started talking to this guy, but right before I did, I was about 22 miles in and I'm running and my eyes closed and I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> and, and I realized that, okay, I started repeating my name and I'm trying to do all these mind things because I'm going, I'm in some trouble here. So then I started yeah. talking to this guy and he stayed with me and helped me out. And it just, you know, you're never alone, really. I mean, even even in your climb, I'm sure you're really not alone because you've got other people with you and they'll help you and give you guidance if you need it. Yeah, it's a little bit different with climbing because you're not really with them. You know, one's two hundred right. feet up, and right. you know, so okay, it's a little bit. Different. But but I know what you mean. I I did my first marathon when I was fifty six, and okay. uh, I didn't really have anybody to train with. You know, I, I trained by myself at night and. Um, but same thing happened. I, I talked with people, you know, as we jogged along there. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the back with the grandmas, but um, <laughs> I did. I finished uh, despite myself, you know. And like like you said, <laughs> talking to yourself, when you get to Sacramento, it, it, you go through five cities on the, you know, mm-hmm. it's the California International. You go through five cities from Folsom okay. down to the capital in Sacramento. So you fly through, you know, Folsom, you fly through Orangeville, you go through five cities, small, you know, little cities. And then you get to Sacramento. And then, then it becomes impossible because then you're going street by street. Before I was measuring my pace by cities, you know, then all of a sudden 50 (laughs) seconds. 50, I was sure I was not going to get to 40th Street. (laughs) Then I was sure I was not going to get to 30th Street, you know. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, the way I, the way I look at it, um, you know, Deidre, I think about it, you know, you climbing El Cop, you know, anything I do is not as life threatening as that. So whether whatever goal I set, you know, I'm not worried about falling off. Hopefully I'm not worried about falling off my bike or, you know, this podcast, you know, I'm not going to die doing it, hopefully. So, you know, I think that basically puts a lot of things in, in realistic terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so when did, the climbing is different from every other endeavor, you know. Like if you do, if you don't finish your marathon, well, you'll go home disappointed. Your legs yeah. might be sore, but you're not going right. to die. <laughs> yeah. Or take anybody else with you. you know? 
it's a different mindset. <laughs> so we've talked about um, kind of that reverse engineering. Do either of you set day-to-day goals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think you have to, don't you, Beth? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, your your main goal that you're working for, I think, kind of gets stale, kind of gets right. pushed to the side and other things take right. over. Yeah. Right. It's lost in the distance. If you don't keep it close to you like every day or every other day, it gets lost in the distance. And one day you wake up and say, oh, wasn't I going to, (laughs) you know, fill in the blank? So, yeah, yeah, you have to keep it close. I think that may be where a lot of people end up failing to be able to do something is they don't don't keep that focus. And and, I mean, it has to be a manageable step, but it also has to be something that you think about on a daily basis. Right. You know, and I think that's, you know, with athletics, let's say when you're training for that marathon or you're training for a triathlon, you know, we have a training plan that's set up. But I think as far as life itself, I don't think we have that. And I think majority of people, it's so easy to get off track if you're not writing. So are you writing them down or just in your head? Do you kind of keep them in a journal or something? How are you tracking them? Journal is the key. Journal is the answer. When I was doing my first, thinking about doing my first marathon, um, I had no time to train, literally. I worked full-time, and I was more than actually, uh, more than full-time teaching. And then I'd come home, and I was doing two different, what do you call this thing, a state, um, I was not managing, um, ex- executing. I was executor for two different estates. My father had died. And then I inherited these houses I had to run from the, I did not have any time. So I, I looked up those training things you were talking about mm-hmm. you know, yeah. schedules out there that you can follow. I couldn't follow any of them because I didn't have that kind of time. So I had to, you know, backwards, like I said before, you have to backwards engineer it. And I, you know, made my own schedule, but absolutely journaling. You can think anything through in a journal. I can't stress that enough. No matter what your goal is, whether it's music or sports or whatever your goal is, you can think anything through in a journal and do the backwards engineering that way. You know, keep it close to you. Like you said, keep it close to you on a day-to-day basis. How about you, Beth? Do you write everything down every day? Um, I, I, I'm mostly numbers person. So a lot of my stuff is in numbers, but I will say that I sort of have like a little accountability book, I call it. So in that, you know, I will put some things down. I will, you know, any doubts or fears or why, why, you know, I have this problem or that problem is this, you know, why, why should this not affect what I'm trying to do? So I, I probably don't write as much as a lot of people, <laughs> but I do a lot of different kind. Yeah. 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 I, I found that, um, I'm at my best when I actually write things down. So I have a journal and actually every night I'm writing down three goals of what I want for the next day. And it doesn't have to be necessarily with athletics. It's, it could be podcast related. It could be family related, could be work related, but I'm putting down three goals. And then really the next night I go back and look at it and then I say, oop, I didn't do that. And maybe I push it forward to the next day or, you know, have a little conversation with myself and saying, well, why didn't it's now been a week that I had that goal in there. Maybe I need to do something to hit that. Um, but I, I think, as you said in the past, I know when we talked, um, Deirdre, 
that journal, it, it's the best rink. You're right. It putting everything down there is incredible. And it's it basically keeps you on task. Right. 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 Exactly. Uh, even if you do it by the nu- numbers, like Beth said, you know, your numbers mm-hmm. person, that's a journal too. It's just yeah. a different kind. There are as many different kinds of journals as there are different kinds of people. You know, yeah. It works. It really works. Yeah, I like, um, I don't know if you, either of you heard, Andy Layton, um, I interviewed him, and he basically had Parkinson's, and he basically plays pickleball. So that's his way. So he has a whole um, group behind him, pickleball over Parkinson's. And every email I got from Andy was Andy one, Parkinson's zero. So every day, that's how he evaluated that today was a good day. And he's like, I'm going to beat this thing. So he went and every day was uh, just a one and zero. That was that was basically it. And I love that um, aspect as far as, you know, really every day we can evaluate, did we accomplish what we needed to that day and whatever it is, mind, body, spirit, family, whatever, work. Um, I, I think there's definitely something that forces you to take that next step to say, I don't want to put a zero down. So, um, question is day to day feeling of accomplishment. So like your short term successes, is it, I know you're both intrinsically motivated. I I can see that. Um, so how important is it to be able to check those boxes as far as say, meeting a short-term goal or doing something you're going to do it anyways correct yes i am I, <laughs> it's, it's so important for me you don't know i mean i don't know if i could go to sleep if i didn't check off my goals for the day you know well, i'm not quite that religious about it yeah <laughs> a while i, I am. missed them. But, uh, but of course i'm not okay. i'm not an athlete like you you know <laughs> I have different little boxes to check, but uh, I'm a little I'm a little more lenient with myself, but I don't have such stringent goals as you do. Okay, uh, I guess that's true. Um, but I also at the beginning of the day, if I know something isn't going to happen, that's when it comes off the list, so that I don't oh, yeah. have to have that stress all day long because I will stress about it. That's just my personality. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does the thought of failure weigh in there? Are you concerned about failure? Failure. Nope, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not sure what that word means, and I don't really (laughs) use it in the dictionary. Maybe I'll look it up. Exactly. You only fail fail if you stop trying. Yeah. That's the only way to fail. Something is to stop trying. Once you commit to a goal, no matter what the goal is, no matter how outrageous that goal is, like climbing a cap. <clears throat> for somebody sedentary most of the year, you know, I was a teacher and a writer. That's absolutely impossible, right? Of course. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> once you once you commit to a goal, um, you you commit to taking those little baby steps, and you commit to you know finding the time, and you commit to all that stuff. Failure just fades away into the woodwork. There's no such thing once you commit because you only fail if you stop trying. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you don't think about failure either. I mean, you keep that right, right out of, right. it's never comes into the, into play in the whole thing. The whole thing is going through what you need to do to get to that goal. Right. Right. 
Yeah, there but are goals, I, there are other goals, but I wouldn't call changing a goal failure. You know, you change from one no, to the other. Right. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a devil's advocate, you know, I, I think there's so many people that are afraid of, of failure and they're, they're not doing it. So I know learned that in school and that's so sad. Yeah. Really. Oh, it's my heart. I know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think people are, if there's anybody listening and we're getting, the people are listening, but they can't comment for whatever the comments aren't working right now. I'm not sure why, but, um, so I'm trying, well, I'm trying to, uh, monitor Facebook and everything and pull things in manually. Um, but anyways, I, I think that one of the problems is that people are afraid of failure and they'll look at the three of us and say, you guys aren't, aren't afraid of anything. Um, what advice... <laughs> That's so not uh, true. <laughs> good. Glad to hear that. People say that all the time about my son. Yeah. Like he's a freak and he's a, what's the word, a daredevil and all that. That's so not true. <laughs> yeah. But it's a question of committing to something and then striving for, you know, towards it. And, right. and right, exactly. once you commit, there's no such thing as failure. Like you say, it's not, it doesn't enter into the picture. That's right. Just don't even think about it. Yeah. But I'm going to feel bad, you know. I'm going to feel bad if I don't hit that goal. You know, what? What is? <laughs> You're going to try it again. That's all. I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, I I agree with you, but I I think it, it it's it's frustrating sometimes. I think that you know, no matter what that is in, in life, I think people are they always say what the hardest step is the first step. Um, so whether it is to get out the morning, you know, laying the shoes out by the door, you know, they say whatever you can do, putting your clothes next to the bed. So the second you get up, you put them on or even sleeping in them if you have to, just to find the way to get out the door. Um, that first step. And I, I think that hopefully the three of us prove that if you take that first step, you know, you don't know what the, what it's going to bring us, but I think, um, it's definitely something we all need to do and just, just keep going one foot in front of the other. I think a lot of that fear of failure comes, it's not a fear of failure. It's a fear of committing. Yeah. Because once you commit that failure, it's non-existent. Not, not, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh, there's no such thing. You know, once you commit, it's the fear of commitment that we're talking about here. You yeah. know, failure is not an issue. It's the committing that's the issue. And a lot of people are afraid to commit to a goal. Because, uh, oh, I'm not going to have time. Oh, it's not going to feel good. Oh, you know, my, my husband this, my wife that. You know. <laughs> but once you commit to it, once you ignore all those other naysayers and commit to it, then the fail, failure goes away. And it's not an issue. Okay. Uh, anything to add, Beth? You know, that pretty much covers okay. the okay. way I would look at it myself. That's great. <laughs> Okay, so my question now, again, since we're talking about those naysayers, how much do they influence your achievement of a goal? Do you even consider them? Does it matter? Like someone say, oh, Deirdre, you're crazy. You just can't go climb El Capitan. Or Beth, why are you going up to run a 50K? Or why? Does it matter? No, not a bit. <laughs> not a bit. Not a bit. Oh. If you commit to it, you commit to it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You commit to it. <laughs> You are committed. You're going to, you know, I, I don't see there's an option once you commit. Does it motivate you, though? Or, Beth, does it motivate you? Well, for me, I, I have selective hearing, so I never hear the naysayers. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, exactly. generally, if somebody's naysaying, unless they're, I, I like to think that maybe 
it's because they're they're worried about me or concerned about me right. or and that's the right. way I treat it. So whenever I come right. across a naysayer, I'm like, look, I'm I I can figure out this myself and I can and I'm and I want to do this and I know you I know you're saying that this is not a good idea or it's um an example. Um I got um at work, it was uh, it was on St. Patrick's Day, 2003. It was a month before my first Boston Marathon. I accidentally at work put my all four of my fingers through a 400 or a 540 degree polymer melt curtain. Okay. Just horrible. You do not want to ever get burned like that. I had third degree burns on my fingers. Um, one of my fingers was severely burned right to the bone. And immediately I started hearing from everybody, you, you can't run Boston. You can't do it. And I, I'm talking to the doctor and he says, and I said, but this is my first one. I just qualified. I want to do it. So, but he says, you don't understand. Burns are really painful. And I'm saying, well, wait, are you saying that something will bad, you know, there's, there's some like really good reason that you shouldn't even try to run it or you shouldn't train. Right. He goes, well, no, he goes, it's just, it's just gonna, it's just gonna hurt. And I said, well, it hurts now anyways. Right. <laughs> so what's the, when you're running, the blood going through your burn is going to make your hand throb. Uh, he was right. He's absolutely right about that. But I was, I was right. determined and I said, thank you for your concern. I'm going to try. Right. And I did run that Boston and I did requalify. So, you know, it's sometimes it's just a random matter. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Of all the things that happened yeah, right yeah. before that. People, anyways, yeah. I was, people will some, and, and they mean it in the best way most of the time. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. I got I a lot of nations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know about you. For me, um, again, I try to ignore most of it, but honestly, some of it fuels me. Um, because again, if they're going to tell me or if I hear that they don't think I'm going to be able to do something, I'm going to prove them wrong at, at all costs. And and I guess I'm stubborn in that regard. Um, that's Ask my mother, I'm probably stubborn. Um, but I'm going to, to do it and I'm going to prove that and really I'm, I can do it. And who are they to tell me again? It's my life. It's your life. You know, we all have make decisions. Um, and just because if they're not willing to make that decision or put themselves out there, maybe that again will say, well, if you know, Pete can do it, maybe I can do it too. So I'm hoping that to kind of motivate people that way as well. Yeah, correct. I think sometimes yeah. people are naysaying to you because I, I can think of uh, an a person in my past that was naysaying about my full Ironman because I wasn't a swimmer and I had just learned and I hadn't been doing triathlon long and it was all naysay naysay. And I kind of realized it was because this person was afraid would, would have loved to do that goal, but was too afraid to do it themselves. Right. So right. once I realized that I was just like, okay, I can deal with this. It's not, it, I don't feel like I need to just prove anything, but I'm just going to do, go do my own thing. And I feel bad for the person that they can't, you know, try to do that themselves. But I, I mean, I can only encourage so much. So. Yeah, it, it's hard. So any other, so we talked about journaling, we talked about kind of doing your day-to-day -day goals, anything else 
that you think are kind of those secrets to success to, um, other than attitude? I mean, you both have, uh, again, you're intrinsically motivated, but anything else that you do to kind of help that may help other people? Um, I think, well, the journaling, I like to restress the journaling. I mean, that can really, really be a factor in, in, in approaching your goal and figuring out your goal, you know, and figuring out whether you're, whether you really want to accomplish a particular goal, you know, sometimes we choose things and then we change our minds. That's fine too. That's not a failure. That's a change, you know? So yeah, journaling is, is a real key to the first step in this process, which is the commitment. You know, it's, you keep saying that we're intrinsically motivated. Well, yeah, we're motivated to commit. That's and that's the biggest step. That's the biggest step. And after you make that step, the commitment, then there's no such thing as failure or, or discouragement and all that stuff fades away, you know. And the journal can really help with that, I, I believe. Okay. How about peers? How about people around you? Um, how big of a factor is that in your success as well? I'll start with you, Beth. Yeah. Other side. Yeah. See that? That's the best team in the world. Yeah. It's 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 great because you have. I mean, let's face it. Some of the stuff that we're doing, a lot of people would consider it suffering, or you know, are yeah. just why would you want to put yourself through that? But when you do these things and right. you do them with somebody else. Oh, you have somebody doing the same goal as you, it, it helps you along. It makes you, I mean, not everybody is going to have a good day. Mm -hmm. I've had training days and you know what, when I have those bad training days, my friends who are training with me are like, it's okay. You know what? I know you're not, you're not having a great time trying to bike right now, get behind me and, and we'll pull you along and we'll help you along. And I think, that and also being able to discuss with the peers that you do these things with is, is a great help. Yeah. How about Deidre for you climbing or really anything else in life? For run, running in my life, running preceded climbing. I started running at 55. I had never run before. Um, my lungs are, are very damaged by growing up in a house full of smoke for 25 years. And so I, so I didn't really have the puff, and I, I was always convinced I could never run. I could never do anything sustained like that. Um, I was wrong. <laughs> but um, so I didn't start running until I was 55. And I was, like I said before, I was doing execu executing so several estates at that point. I, I was running five houses. I was remodeling all five houses, three on the East Coast, two on the West Coast. It was a crazy time in my life. But I needed to do this right then. I it was my sanity, you know, it was my bid for sanity. It was the only thing I could control in my life. And and so I did. And so I, I only ran with the dog. We had a big dog, a Malamute. And I would take the dog out at night after I had finished all my teaching and all my estate work and all the housework and, 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 and all that stuff. Couldn't see anymore. I would leash up the dog and we'd go run. And so I never had a, a like, you know, you have your little team, Beth. Yeah. I always envied that because I never had any team. I never ran with anybody. Um, I never, you know, so all of my running was alone. Mm -hmm. And then I did the marathons. I did like four marathons. And uh, talking about 
what you were talking about uh, with your hand, Beth, I, my third marathon I ran with a broken hand and all kinds of oscillations. <laughs> Two weeks before the marathon, I had, caught my, I had caught my toe and I went flying through the air and landed, you know, hands down. I was a wreck. And everybody was telling me, oh, don't go do it. Don't go do it. You're hurting. You're this, you're that, you're hand, you're, you're, you're going to jar the bone loose again. And, you know, all these naysaying things. But, uh, you know, if you're committed, you're committed. <laughs> um, but you just, you know, don't listen to them. What can I say? Yeah. Well, I think I that said, if my, if my <clears throat> hand's hurting while running that marathon, then the rest of me, I won't feel the pain as much. And so <laughs> <laughs> I came running in on that third marathon. I came running in. I had my hand up in the air <laughs> because uh, a, a, a cat, I had a cast on my arm and on the, my forearm. And it gets very, it gets sodden with sweat as you run. And it got heavier and heavier. So it was pulling down my shoulder. So I put my arm up in the air so I wouldn't pull on my shoulder and you know, throw me out of kilter. And so I ran in that way. And all the things that had lacerated started bleeding again because of all the fabric rub rubbing for 26 miles, you know. Oh my and so God. when I came here, I was a bleeding mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they thought I had fallen, you know, and I was bleeding from that. But here I was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a it was a police woman's marathon, so it was officers all over the place. They all came running up, said, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, but like you said, you just block it out and you just go for the goal. But I always envied those runners who would talk about their team and going yeah. out running on Saturday mornings. I could never do that, but I yeah. did have to have not a team exactly, but a, a pair uh, to go climbing. You know, you have two people on a rope or three or, or a group. So I did get a little experience of that. But I yeah. was envy people like you, Beth. <laughs> yeah. Having a team, basically, especially if you have like-minded uh, goals and like we're for – for us, if we're doing the same event, it, it's so easy to have someone else kind of pull you through on those bad days because we all have those days where we're just don't feel it, don't want to do it. But then, you know, they always say the best training partner um, is the one that sets something up and you know you don't want to disappoint them, that you need to be there. Like there's many Saturday rides that we do that are like, I don't know if I really want to go. But then I'm like, I didn't see many other people going. It's just going to be Beth and her husband, Alan. I'm like, they'll still do it anyways, but, you know, I need to go. And um, and then you go and you feel so much better for doing it. And plus, I think what we – I don't know about you. I miss – the group activities, like I'm sure with, for climbing, the same thing. I miss being with everybody. That's part of that social aspect. Uh, the goal is secondary. It's the being together. It, it'll happen because we have everybody together um, and we feed off each other. I, I miss that. I can't wait for that day to return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I do too. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, the comments aren't coming through. Um, so we're going to do is I have a few more um, questions. Now, this is going to be available after for anybody to, to view. And I'll show you how we can kind of share that. Um, but any other um, comments or questions or thoughts or advice for people about taking that first step? Don't oh. listen to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody. If you want to do something, just go do it. You know, if if it's not feasible, you won't be able to do it. You have to change your goal. But you know, don't let don't let other people make up your mind, and especially don't let the media 
make up your mind. I mean, we are so um, trained from practically from birth. We are so trained to to check in with the media. You know, what's good for me? What should I be doing? What's trending? Mm-hmm. What's this? Uh, that's just so wrong for goal setting. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you if you let TV and and all the commercials and and the the media tell you what you should be doing or, or what, what drugs you should be taking. I was astounded at the amount, number of drug commercials on cable TV because I don't have cable TV. I never have. And, and I went to somebody's friend and uh, 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 I went to a friend's house and um, they had it on and every commercial was for drugs, one drug or another for some disease or another. And holy cow, I couldn't believe that, that that's allowed. That that's permitted. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the media and tell you know that tell you what to wear and what you should want to do and, and what you should want to eat and if you be, if you buy into that you will not accomplish your goals because they're not going to be your goals yeah really cool. how about you beth i would say a, a couple things is you know especially if you're just starting out you do find a group that you can interact with. And in that group, don't be afraid to ask questions because the group is going to be more than willing to help. They've all been there. They've all been that new person and they know how scary that is. And they're more than willing to help you. And then the other couple of things are you want to focus on, you know, your little tiny victories that you get each day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you ran a quarter mile farther than you've ever run in your life. And but you're yeah. training you're training for a marathon. So you think, okay, well I just ran eleven miles and the most I'd ever done was right. ten. Well that's a victory. I mean don't right. think Go of that as, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah. say don't think of that as oh geez, I still got to do another 15 after that or something. I mean think of it as a victory and it's a small step on the way. And then the last thing that I think sometimes people get hung up on is they start to compare themselves with other people. Right. And so you true. really can't, you can't do that. You need to be, this is, this is for you. This is your goal. This is all yours and you own it, but don't let the fact that X person is this much better or that much better or, right. or anything like that, because it's, it's all, it's, it should be you and yourself and not so much what everybody else has got going on because everybody's got different goals. Amen to that. Everybody is different. Every mind is different. Yeah. Right. Right. So true. So true. Yeah. Well, we finally got a comment to come through and uh, Beth, you'll appreciate this one. It says, loves the, love the closed captioning. That's from your husband, Alan. So Lisa, finally, the quotes, the some something came through. So at least I feel better that we at least got something on the screen. <laughs> We're learning it together. That's good. That's it. Yeah. Hey, the same thing. You know, I could have been fearful and said, I don't want to do this because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, something we're learning, and basically the goal is accomplished. We did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to thank it's we're about 55 minutes now and I, I want to thank both of you for for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, stay there for a second. I'm going to just do one other um, flip the one screen kind of end it out and then we'll talk after. OK, thanks a lot. Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay, so I hope that you all in, enjoyed this. Um, I know there were people out there. I know there was some difficulty uh, with getting uh, some comments into into it. I know there's some issues initially. Um, this is a learning process. 
Uh, I promise I will get better at this. We'll do this more often. Uh, you're going to be sick of seeing me, um, but I'm going to continue to come at you. Um, and then hopefully uh, you appreciate that. So ways to get involved, like we said, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give me a rating or leave a comment. Share with your friends. This will be available on the Facebook group. I did share it to a few other groups. Um, it is public, so you can see that. It will be on YouTube as well. Uh, I am looking for guides. Uh, I have two more weeks set up as of right now. I'm taking it week by week. Uh, please uh, drop me a line, and that way we can. I'd love to have you hear the stories that you're doing and what you're able, what you've accomplished, and what you plan on to accomplish. Uh, and then also, like I said, we have patron program and then uh, the affiliate program. So I'm going to finish with a quote: "You miss 100% of the shots you don't take." That's Wayne Gretzky. Uh, set that goal, no matter how outrageous it is, and just start working at it. Even if you don't achieve that goal, uh, there are a lot of other things you're going to achieve along the way, uh, that'll get you a lot farther than where you are today. And lastly, uh, my miles are for the journey. Uh, thanks again. Pete Perusik.